This is the Brisbane Lions podcast with Keegs and Ollie. Today we're lucky enough to be joined by the great Daniel Merritt. He's going to talk to us about his life after footy, what he got up to with the AFLW team, and also what he's doing now with the men's team too. He's also going to tell us about the impact Chris Fagan has made on the club in his short time. Let's do it. All right, Ollie, welcome to the seventh episode of the Brisbane Lions podcast. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, Keggs. Hard to believe it's the seventh one, but we're getting through them all, so it's flying yeah, quickly. good to be here again. Um, sure. And it's, it's a very special one because we're actually joined by Dan Merritt on the phone tonight. Dan, how are you going? Yeah, you going well, boys. How are you going? <laughs> we're good, mate. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, I suppose the listeners and ourselves are pretty interested in what your your new role with the club is now that you've retired. Can you tell us a bit about what you've been doing? Yeah, so um, I was lucky enough to get approached um, by Dave Noble and, and Chris Fagan. I actually got a call from um, Chris Fagan. He hadn't actually got the job yet, but he just wanted to know before he signed up what was going on in the club, and yeah, he was right. pretty excited to... Um, to get involved, so I touched base with him then, and then when he got to the club, yeah, obviously caught up with Dave Noble, who I'd actually met before because um, I got put up for there was trade rumours, and I, anyway, I got put up for trade a, a few years back, and it looked like I was I was going to go to Adelaide yeah. where Dave Noble was, and Ben Rutten had just retired, so they thought, oh, he's an easy um, replacement, so. I was like, yeah, sounds good to me. I, I spoke to Mark Rusciuto and he was saying, mate, you know, in his squeaky voice, he's like, mate, uh, how, how would you like to play, play in front of 50,000, mate, and play some finals for the end of your career? And uh, I was like, yeah, that sounds brilliant, uh, Ru. So, um, yeah, it was all good to go ahead, and, but they didn't actually have a coach at this stage. Yeah, okay. So um, we are kind of waiting for that to happen, but – and. They um, appointed Phil Walsh, and he um, he wasn't as keen. He just wanted to go a little bit different direction, yeah, and right. uh, yeah, that's footy. And mm. um, yeah, I end up I end up staying at the line. So yeah, I was going off a bit off off track a bit here, but um, yeah, now um, lucky enough to get um, approached by the guys, and I was always keen to stay involved in the club. Um, when it's been such a big part of your life for 15 years, it, it's hard to you know step away and and not be involved at all. So I was still pretty keen to stay involved, and um, yeah, at the moment my role is I'm actually working with uh, the key forwards and key backs on really part time basis. So I come in um, once a week, sometimes twice a week, just to spend a bit of time with that, and, and that's mentoring as well. Um, off field as well as um, on on field, yeah. doing body positioning, um, and then also work with the academy as well. We've got a couple of really young guns coming through, big guys, Connor Bellingham one and and Jack Payne um, in defence. So Connor's a forward ruckman and has um, been playing really really good footy. And Jack Payne, well he he got the MVP for the Lions Academy. He's he's been nearly best on ground every time he's been out there. So. They're actually saying um, they had to with Jack Payne because he's been playing fullback so well. Um, actually, 
um, started the recruiters started saying to play him out of position. So yeah, yeah. opposition teams um, didn't didn't get wind of how well how well he'd been playing. So we don't have to give up too much in the draft time. But I think the cat's out of the bag with Jack with Jack Payne and um, yeah yeah he's a he's a star. So um, yeah, I just do those two things. Um, stay involved. Um, with the club around the welfare stuff, so I'm I'm doing a course with the welfare team um, about um, its career, uh, like a career path development. Um, it, it's quite funny because I'm doing a career path um, development of like helping other people find their career path, where yeah. I'm still up in the <laughs> up yep. in the air with mine. So mine's not locked down solid as well. But I'm hoping through that process, you know, I'll find my calling and. Um, yeah, with, with everything, like, um, what, what did I want to be when I grew up? I probably left high school not knowing, um, but I, I love the sporting area and I was lucky enough to go on to play footy for, um, 14 years and then I finish and it's like, all oh, right, what, what was that that you wanted to be when you grew up and, um, still haven't locked anything down, but yeah, it's definitely something in the sporting area. Um, at the moment I'm really enjoying my coaching that I do with the boys, but I also was an assistant coach with the, the women's team as well and, and also do some kicking and catching with the Broncos. Oh, nice. Yeah. Broncos as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, how that all ended up about, I was um, I was in this salad shop called Botanica <laughs> on the north side and um, I ran into Gordy Tallis. He was in there getting a salad as well. You would have thought Gordy Tallis would be in the burger <laughs> shop or something, but... Now, nah, in, in the salad shop, Gordy was in there, so we started chatting, and he said, uh, what are you up to? And I was just doing the women's at that stage. And he said, mate, give Wayne Bennett a call. Like, yeah. They need kicking and, kicking and catching practice because they actually bombed out last <laughs> year. Um, late in the year, they, they kept dropping all these bomb, like all yeah. these catches, and it cost them games. So I, um, I ended up getting um, Wayne Bennett's phone number and I just gave him a call and I was just like hey Wayne Daniel Mary I kind of had to explain who I was and then um he was actually in England at the time coaching the England rugby team for the the um four nations so just left a message he said someone from the club will call me next day someone called um set up an interview and yeah I've I've been down there ever since down there a couple, couple of days a week um yeah just helping out where I can Mainly technique-wise, not so much tactical kicking, but technique kicking and and catching, um, trying to trying to get the boys to catch it like an um, an AFL player, but it's uh, you know small steps. So of um, yeah, just just getting them jumping up the ball and attacking it and, and getting their knee up as well to try and protect themselves. Yeah, good one. Yeah, like, great. Yeah, it sounds like you got plenty in your plate. Um, so we'll stick to the post-career stuff. It's been a lot of talk on in the media, like programs with SBS Insight. Jace Clark was on not so long ago, and Courtney Dempsey had some things to say about life after footy. How have you found it getting out of that environment and setting into, I suppose, everyday life? Yeah, I find it so interesting, the timing of all this, because I'm right in the middle of it. Mm. I, I don't think I've ever heard anything before this year. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it seems as though, um, yeah, they've the waited till I was in this position to uh, start addressing it. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, 
But yeah, I thought, you know what, I've, I've had a long career. Um, I'm, I'm very stable off field with, with my beautiful wife and, and daughter and um, I've got good support of friends and family like, and I've got good contacts. I always made sure, you know, along my footy career, I, I made sure to remember people's names, um, collect their business cards, stay in touch with them because um, you just never know when you, you're going to need them. And so I thought, oh, yeah, I've set myself up pretty well here. And it's uh, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I thought, I'll, right. I'll be right here. Mm. Um, and then, you know, when I finished, I said, righto, what, like, what now? Um, the, the club stopped paying me. So I was like, okay, I better go get a job. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, what do you want to do? So I pretty much went through every contact on my phone and gave him a call, caught up for a coffee. And, yeah, it was kind of like, um, oh, this is, this is a bit harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And ha- had I prepared myself as best as I could? And definitely not. I thought... Um, I probably could have done a lot more work placement. Um, I maybe could have knocked off a few more courses as well, had a bit bit yeah. more study behind myself. Um, but with that, like I suppose I had the opportunity um, because in AFL we're pretty lucky that the AFLPA do fund um, your study. So I had the opportunity, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was so committed on football and – I put all my energy into being the best player I could for as long as possible that, yeah, I probably let that side of things slip and, and didn't prepare myself well enough for, for life after footy. Um, so I'm, I'm lucky I've got great support around me. But, yeah, if, if I didn't have that, then I would be, yeah, I'd be in a bit of strife, I'd, I'd say. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just in, interesting... Um, I remember seeing, like, Libby Trickett, I do actually um, afternoons, I do a segment on Triple M on Mondays with Libby Trickett, who was on that, um, the SBS show, Insight, and she spoke about how hard, like, she's still finding, like, five years on, she's still trying to find her way Mm. on what to do, you know, after professional sport. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just a really interesting conversation of how people handle handle life after being in that sort of um, environment. And, um, yeah, I, I think one thing that I found is that it's the it's the silence. It's like when you finish, um, yeah, footy clubs, they, they keep rolling and, and they're looking for next year and not that you get forgotten, mm. but when, when you're in it, it, it is kind of like you're all – it's all about you <laughs> – and you get a lot of attention, and then as soon as you're out, yeah, the um, yeah, it, the silence is deafening, and and you suppose you, you're just waiting for someone to call to check on how how you're travelling, but the call doesn't come. Yeah. So um, yeah, you really have to be proactive um, with life after footy. And I remember talking to, I've got like a, like I said, great support and great people around me, and they said, oh, you'll be right, mate. Just just got to be patient. Something will come, and again like the waiting and and the the silence i was like i i do not like the situation and so yeah i had to get on the front foot like i did with the broncos with wayne bennett i had to get on the front foot call him um even with the club it was kind of um they were all obviously reshuffling their coaching staff so it was Mm. kind of 
I just kept having to bang on the door <laughs> and saying, hey, can you use me? Can you use me? Yeah. And then, and even, I suppose, the, one of the best things I ever did um, was the girls' football where I I was like, oh, I didn't know a lot about it and they, I wasn't doing a lot at the time. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I'm Let's have a crack at this. Craig Starsevich, the coach, Craig and I go way back when he was the fitness coach through the early 2000s when I first came in yeah. 2003, he was the fitness guy. So I've known Craig for, yeah, um, 15 years. And I said, you're... Craig's a great guy. Yeah, let's let's do this. Um, I'd love to be associated, and I, I was blown away with um, just how awesome it was, uh, how yeah engaging it was, and just how popular it became. Dan, is it comforting to know this conversation has started with life after sport? Because, like you said, it really just has started this year with. Four corners insight and knowing that other athletes are in the the same sort of position as you. Yeah, it, it is comforting, um, but and then the other side of it, I um, I think well, we obviously haven't been doing a very good job of it um, from uh, an AFL Players Association or or a club's position as well. That have we been you know preparing our our team, our teammates, um, for, for life after footy. Um, I always, what I loved about the girls footy was that the girls played cause they loved footy and you yeah. could tell yeah. with their enthusiasm and yeah. every time they celebrated a goal and the way they, um, got around each other and, and they just loved playing footy where I reckon in the, in the boys, I would say, I'd say fifty percent of the boys wouldn't know why they're playing. Yeah, they they play because yeah. you know they've they were good at it, mm. and then you know they're getting a healthy paycheck. Where yeah, I I would say half of them wouldn't like if you ask them, do you love footy? I I, I think half of them would say, oh, probably not, mm. because it's you're under so much pressure mm, yeah. and it's, it's actually so it's beyond being fun because it's so hard like, mm. and, and the demands on it and you know, just that constant pressure, it, it stops becoming fun and more of a business and more of a chore. And yeah, um, yeah like you've got to be, it's competitive and you want to, you want to play against the best at the highest level, but it's also, um, you, you kind of, you lose that, reason why you played footy growing up is because you love it so much and it was fun and you hung out with your mates and yeah it definitely elite football has lost that um that feeling and yeah you you are i know say a young guy like josh shack like Mm. he i I wouldn't say he's been he's having a great time at the moment because every week you know there's an article writing about what his future what he's going to do um He's playing full forward in one of the bottom teams where the delivery, um, it's not, it's not lace out. So you know it's it's hard work, and he's and he's got the best defender on him each week. So I I feel for guys like um, him and and Eric Hipwood and even young defenders like Harris Andrews and and Dan McStay, where you're under the pump uh, on the field, mm. and then you come home and you're under the pump from even yeah. like from a coach's 
the media, your coaches week to week to perform, mm. your family are wondering why you aren't performing because you've always been this gun. And, yeah, just the, the pressures of footy, it, it's just it's not fun anymore. Yeah, Josh Shack was certainly the name that popped into my head when you were, when you were describing that. Um, well, we might come back to the boys a bit later on, but we'll stick with the women for a sec. Um, let's ref- get yeah. your thoughts and reflect on the season because it was an amazing season, especially from Brisbane, really successful year. Um, tell us what it was like to be involved in you know, a, a competition that received so much hype, that gained so much momentum. Um, and for, for fans, it was really exciting to watch as well. Yeah, I, I suppose um, rocking up and, and meeting all the girls and then, and then seeing uh, their skill level, I was like, I remember that first training session. Um, actually, the whole boys' team rocked up. So I reckon there was a probably, oh, maybe a couple hundred people at training, maybe three three hundred people. So there was yeah. a bit of bit of noise, and I was just so surprised at um, how skillful the girls were. Mm. And I know so so were the boys. And then I remember just a couple of weeks in training preseason became a bit of a grind, and you were trying to say that to the girls that you know it's hard at the moment but it, it's the same with everyone yeah and it's like who like and then i remember all the odds came out for how well we'd go and like we were real bottom and it was just like how like you've written us off and mm. you know how, how would you even know how we're going um it's all no one's seen anyone play before so we kind of fed off that it was like no one rates us up here mm. um Let's get out there, you know, and let's just shock everyone with our intensity, our our intent. Mm. And oh, I don't know. The the group just had some really good leaders, yeah. And and they played with such spirit, and it was it was inspirational from my point of view, from from a coach's point of view. It was inspirational, and um, yeah, it was just awesome to be a part of. And I remember that first game that Carlton Collingwood. They're saying, you know what? They reckon they can get. 10,000 and then it was like I reckon 15,000 mm-hmm. I remember talking to a few of the, the coaches at the Lions at going I'm like no way will they get um, 10,000 I mean 15,000 um, and then you had to come out and, and have a lockout like it was just it was unreal and we, we trained that night as girls and then we watched we watched the game all together as a team oh, yeah. at Yoronga on, on the TV there and and the girls were like every time someone scored, the girls were like cheering and and like squealing, like like they were in the crowd at the game, or or they were part of the team that scored. It was just like they were just they were cheering for the other girls, even though they were opposition. And it was just like it was just this awesome vibe um, going around. Even that day, we played GWS at Cooperoo in a pre in a practice match, and we packed out. Cooperoo, like they, they were, people couldn't find car parks because, or anywhere in Cooperoo because there were so many people wanting to come. That's when you, I was probably thinking, oh, this is pretty big. Like, mm. this is a practice game against GWS and it's a full house here at Cooperoo, which I, I remember saying, geez, the boys would be happy to get a crowd like this <laughs> um, for, for a match. So it was just this, um, yeah, this, this game that I think early on there was a lot of doubters. And but then in the end, by the end of the season, it just encapsulated everyone. And unfortunately, yeah, we just saved our worst game of the season for the last game and most important game of the season. And yeah. 
it was yeah, it was frustrating on that day that um, Adelaide's best players had their best game. That's that's never ideal when your position players have their their um, best players have have the best game. And um, unfortunately, a few of our girls had a bit of a downer day. But in the end, you know what? Like everything was kind of against us. Yeah. Like the Crows were snapping these goals from the boundary from the opposite on the opposite foot, and I was just. Like, this hasn't happened all year, but why is it happening today? Like, the footy guys just weren't smiling on us. But the girls grinded it out, and in the end, they lost by a goal. And um, even, like, we were up against it all day, but they, they fought it out. And they just had that that spirit all year, and it was something I'm, uh, I was super, super proud of them. Um, during the lead-up to that grand final, there was a lot of talk about, you know, missing out on not playing at the Gabba, do you think that had a draining effect on the girls? Like, you don't want to make, I guess, um, yeah. excuses for them because, as you said, it wasn't their best game. But do you think it did have some sort of effect? Because there was a lot of talk about it. I think, um, I just think the whole build-up was, was draining for the girls and, okay. and they'll be better for it. Um, yeah, it probably wasn't ideal, you know, like... It would have been – we probably – the week before, I think the Bulldogs game, we won and, and we earned the right to play in the granny. And then the next week we had Carlton and it was yeah. like, well, this is a nothing game. So it was mm-hmm. like the only thing we can get out of this game is injuries. That's right. So it was it was kind of like oh, where, say, someone like Adelaide, they had to win mm-hmm. and Melbourne had to win. So they – they were still riding that wave of momentum, yeah. and where we had, and it kind of, yeah, it was, it just, it was a long period of time knowing we were in the grand final, at home, and the build up was just so long over two weeks. We had a game in between, and then, like the amount of media the girls were doing, and mm. it, yeah, I suppose, and ever like they would have just had so much attention. That whole build up would have been draining, and then on top of that. Um, the girls are pretty good. Like they're a resilient bunch where they were, they didn't really care um, where we stayed. We ended up staying down the Gold Coast as a team at Royal Pines together. And um, that was probably something that set our season up is we had this shocking draw where we had Melbourne the first week yeah, out at Casey that. Fields, which is like an hour and a half out of Melbourne. is ridiculous. And then we had Frio the next week. So we come home and they have to fight a Frio. And then on a six-day break, we had Collingwood. So we we got stitched up with the um, the the draw, but the the away trips actually helped us because they bonded as a team while they were away. So us having to travel down to the Gold Coast as a team, stay there the night before, stay together, it actually it wasn't that bad. Um, it's just yeah, Adelaide come out, kick a goal within the first thirty seconds kick another goal, like another snap. It was just, yeah, things kind of went their way a bit and, and we were a little bit off. Just yeah, one. for sure. We might move across. Oh, sorry, Keeks. I was just going to say just one more question on the women before we do move on. Um, they've got their, you know, free agency period coming up. Is that something that you'll have much to do with and do you like our chances of uh, keeping or hanging on to, you know, the the Victorian recruits and the interstate players? Because we did have a few. Yeah, yeah, we had five. And they were all awesome. 
geez, they were good. Um, <laughs> they brought a heap to the group, and they, yeah, it was great work from from the Craig Stasevich and Bree Brock to get those guys um, up here, which it is a long way to come. Mm. I know, especially after <coughs> like too much money. <clears throat> no, like Sabrina come from Perth, mm. and to get um, the Melbourne girls and even the Tassie girls up was um, was awesome. So. Um, I won't. I won't have much to do with it. Um, yeah. I still, Craig. Craig will let us in on on what's happening with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're any chance to get anyone up from Melbourne or from those other teams, but I think it, think it's going to be hard. It, it is hard to move um, in this period. Yeah. So, from from a trade point of view, if like you've got to trade someone out and then try and get someone from equal value mm-hmm. um, to come up to Brisbane. You know, from interstate would be would be quite difficult. So, I think it. I, I don't think you'll see a lot of movement from that point of view. Okay. Um, we, our group's actually pretty well placed from an age bracket. Um, a lot of our um, midfielders and and the core of the group are, are still quite quite young. We, our backline's very. We've got a couple of key players that are quite experienced in Kasler and Virgo, um, but they're. Yeah, yeah, they um, but they've still got like Leah's still got five years in her for sure. So, um, yeah, I think the balance of our group's really, really good, and our two marquees are you know, nineteen and twenty years old. So, we're we're pretty lucky that yeah, our guns are, are so young, and that we're not you know not going to be out there looking for for anything um, vital. I think the only thing we're probably missing. Um, we didn't have a super tall ruck, um, but the girls, like, geez, they competed so well and it didn't really hurt us in the end. Um, but, yeah, that's probably one. And then maybe just um, a big body midfielder. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the only time that cost us was in the final when Erin Phillips was just dominating. So, And there's no one like her in the competition. No, so she's absolute beast. Um, <laughs> like, there's no... There's no other girl in the comp that looks like her, so mm. I think um, I think we're sitting pretty well with our list. So it's just about maintaining and um, I don't know. Yeah, I think if we keep our group together, I think our um, one of our best assets was that we played with with such heart and such spirit. And yeah, I wouldn't think changing the group um, a, a lot would be would be the smartest thing because you'd probably lose that. That core value. Yeah, and just moving back to the men's side of things, obviously a new era at the club this year with Chris Fagan coming in as coach. How have you seen the start to the the Chris Fagan era? Yeah, very promising in round one, wasn't it? Um, great, great start. But I, I just think he brings a different uh, a different vibe. Um, he, he's come from a great system. Um, comes from that teaching teaching point of view and he's uh just to give an example like i love i remember a few of the boys like oh say they were going through like um transition so up the field like what do we do the boys were like oh what where should i run to now from from back line to forward line and and where, where should i get to and um a lot of the time um chris chris's answer is mate just just go and play footy like, don't think about it too much. Just go play footy. And he's brought a lot of that. And 
back into the game and uh, a lot more freedom and um, yeah, it, it's going to be you know it's going to be another t- a tough couple of years. Uh, we are so young mm. and our players in those key positions are, are still yeah so so young and um, yeah it, it's it'll be you know uh, you can try and sell it um, to the supporters that. Like we're on the improve, but there's still going to be tough times, like you've seen, you saw on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, although the way they started, it could have been, you know, an 80, 80 hundred yeah. point loss on the weekend, and and they've kept it to fifty. So, um, after half, you know, after that first quarter, I think um, the Swans won by seventeen points. So, mm-hmm. uh, if they don't kick those two late goals, it's you know, it's nine points. So, it's um. Yeah, yeah there's definitely Franklin as well. Yeah, yeah, I know, and he's <laughs> kicking them from eighty. So, um, but yeah, see, like Dan McStay gets to play on Buddy Franklin, and and he learns learns a heap, and um, I think you, you, Dan McStay don't know where to play him forward back. You know where this year he's found his spot in the back line, and and he's settled in that position, and he's learning his craft, and I think. That'll help him in the long run. Yeah, he plays on Buddy. He doesn't get eight kicked on him. Buddy kicks eight, but I reckon he probably got four kicked on him. Yeah. Um, which isn't, which isn't. Um, geez, I reckon I was getting four kicked on me weekly, and I was holding the spot. So, um, yeah, it's it's just going to be, um, yeah, a, a bit of a tough period. But we've just these boys. They're coming through together. They're building their own culture. Um, they're learning how to play footy with each other learning each other's what each other's weapons are and how they can help each other out and i think um yeah what what chris is bringing this year as well as dave noble um coming into the club is is a really positive vibe and i think off field um the club has gotten themselves sorted and now um when that's settled and sorted now moving forward um yeah the on-field stuff can flourish um, you mentioned Dan McStay, so I just wanted to ask you quickly, when you go into the club, you know, for your one or two day a week assistant coaching role, what do you say to someone like Dan who's had a rough day, had a lot kicked on him, what do you say to him to sort of, I guess, you know, bring his confidence up, because no doubt it's rock bottom at the moment, what what do you do to him? Yeah, oh, there are, oh, you, I'll probably, I'll send a text after the game, <laughs> yeah. um, and then... Yeah, just saying, mate. Yeah, tough day, but you know, you, you have no other choice than to keep your chin up. Mm. Um, I, I think I just spoke about. I said, mate, he's he's had a bit of a, he, yeah, he's had a bit of a day out. Um, but I liked a few of your contests you had on him. I thought, you know what, you could have ab- absolutely dropped your bundle, and um, but you hung in there. I think I thought. After half time, he actually kept him pretty quiet and he had some really good contests. And then um, he just got that free kick, which got him rolling again, yep. got Buddy rolling again. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I just said, mate, I'm really enjoying the way you're playing this year. I think you're backing yourself, and you know, you're not you're not just trailing. You actually you're a bit proactive, you're positioning, and, and you're attacking the contest. So, yeah, this week um, you got beaten by a better opponent. But the great thing about footy, um, you know, you have a couple of training sessions to work on your craft, and then after that, 
um, yeah, the game rolls around within six, six, seven days. So you get to go out there, do it all again, and and have a good day. And last week's forgotten about. So yeah, it's just it's not it's not um, it's learning from your mistakes, but it's not just getting hammered about your mistakes. It's I, I'm I'm all for just you've got to keep positive. Um, because yeah, the season's too short, and footy and your footy career is too short to be dwelling about your mistakes and yeah. and you know getting down on that and depressed about that. Because all that'll do is uh, you'll end up in the reserves because you're you're so worried about your mistakes or doing a mistake or how bad you played last week. It, unf- yeah, you know you've got to learn from it. Yep, okay, but then it's it's about moving forward and and, and attacking next week. Um, so we've got Hawthorne this week. What are some of the things over the journey that the club speaks about regularly when you come up against Hawthorne? Like what are the, some of the messages that sort of remained the same over the, over the years you were there as a player and I guess now as a coach? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember last year at the Gabba, um, you know, we were in front early three quarter time, we're down by two goals. Um, so we're in touching distance and, with Hawks, if if they get their kicking game going, where they're changing angles and, and they're controlling the footy, you almost can't you can't get a hold of them. So it's it's about slowing them up, um, guarding guarding their short legs, making them get back from the mark and, and slowing them down. And then it's about yeah, it's all about contested footy with, with the Hawks, um, winning your one on one contest, but then around the middle of the ground, around stoppages. Yeah, getting in there, getting your hands dirty, um, and and getting it, getting the footy our way. So, yeah, it's um, they're gettable. That that's the great thing. Um, sure. Yeah, you you could be getting Hawthorne this weekend when they're up and about. Mm. Um, you know, we probably got Sydney. You know, they were nil and six. So and and then they got attacked by Carlton the week before. So they're going to come out firing. Um, yeah, so they're unfortunately we're just the recipients of that. So yeah. this week, you know, the Hawks again they'll be the ones under pressure. So um, no doubt they'll come out all guns blazing. But I think um, somewhere where our group can improve is just weathering that storm. I think the last few weeks we've just been first quarter's been blown away by Port yeah. Tigers and last week Sydney the bigger bodies um, at the start of the game. Uh, yeah, I found oppositions have just been manic early and, and their intensity has been right up and, and we just haven't been able to uh, handle that or, or slow them down or even, um, you know, when they come at you, being able to righto, absorb that and then, and then come back at them. So, yeah. yeah, which is just the young group, young group with light bodies uh, against bigger body teams. So, yeah, I think... This weekend, having Fags on our side, he'll know the ins and outs of Hawks, and uh, he, he'll be he'll be pumped for this weekend, no doubt about it. Down in Tassie, down in Tassie, where Fags is from, so um, yeah, it's I think tactically um, this weekend it, it'll be really really interesting and and exciting to watch, but I think um, yeah, you'll see the boys play with a bit of spirit. Yeah, Dan, the Hawks have been basically invincible down in Tassie the last, I guess, 10 years. But St Kilda did smash them up 
a couple of weeks ago now. Does something like that, seeing another team beat them down there, give the guys a bit of belief knowing they are gettable down there there? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And it wasn't just, um, you know, they didn't just just beat them. They, they absolutely smashed them down there. And, yeah, without a doubt, that would give that would give any team confidence heading down there um, to see, you know what, they aren't invincible. They're, mm. they're gettable. And, yeah, maybe they got caught on the back foot against Saints, but it wasn't just, um, you know, they wasn't as if, like, the Hawks um, only only just lost, yeah. So um, they'll be worried about heading down there, no doubt about it, after the last time. And, and yes, they'll be thinking, you know what, let's um, – Let's redeem ourselves this weekend and and play and play better than we did last time. So they'll come out firing, no doubt about it. And um, they've got some big bodies in their team. Uh, but you know what? I think um, yeah, with Fags Fags at the helm this weekend, I think um, he'll have a few tricks up his sleeve that we should be able to uh, surprise a few people and get the win. It'll be interesting what intel he does bring across from Hawthorne. So obviously, he's credited as being one of the, you know, the brains trust of that, you know, successful era. So it'll be interesting to see what he does do. Yeah, yeah, just being able to know how to shut them down um, yeah. and how to slow them up and 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 how to turn the footy over from them. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting one to watch for sure. Um, all right, Dan. I- we just got one more question for you, then we'll we'll wrap it up. Thanks again for your time today, mate. Um, no worries. You know Josh Shack probably better than than most, having spent some time with you, you know, living with you last year. Um, yeah. What, what, what's yeah. your take on you know I guess his situation and um, where things are likely to head at the end of the season? It's definitely the the talking point amongst the fans yeah. at the moment. So it'd be interesting to get your thoughts. Is it? There. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look. I think. Um, I think with all young guns, um, and you saw it with Jesse Hogan, and, um, all young forwards. It's just they, they're just on everyone's lips, and everyone wants to know. And and I think he, his managers um, trying to do the best deal by him and his family. And and I think uh, sometimes managers don't take it in account what, what damage it does to a player where mm. and a young player at that. So He's clearly strong. Um, I, I think, um, yeah, I think Josh is under the pump, um, you know, from a, on the field. Just even if he, say he was, he had another year to run on his contract, he, he's still going to be under the pump because he's, with him and Eric, they're, they're still getting, you know, the number one defenders in the comp who are big bodies mm. and and the boys are still maturing. Mm. Uh, um, and plus, um, unfortunately, they're not getting as many looks at the footy as well. And, and when they are, it's in a contested situation. So, yeah, it's it's a difficult time for him and um, he's definitely under the pump. But, yeah, I'd, I'd hope, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that he will stay. Mm. I am. Um, it's, yeah, I, I'd love for him, you know, for his manager and, and then the club, you know, to come to an agreement mm. soon, just so that's kind of um, done and dusted, so we can move forward and you know let take a bit of pressure off Josh and yeah, for sure, yeah, just for getting 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 back, yeah, just so he can enjoy his footy again. Because mm. um, at the moment he's just 
he's copping it everywhere mm. from social media, um, yeah, to, to the to the media during the week. And then when he plays, he's obviously a target as well. So um, it'll make him resilient. Yeah, this whole process, no doubt, will make him resilient and make him um, tough. Uh, but in the end, you got to remember he's only, you know, a 19-year-old kid. That's so right. it's uh, trying to play, you know, key position in, in a um, – in a struggling team, so oh, not a struggling team, but a yeah, a bottom a bottom team. team. So, yeah, developing team. So it's um, it's definitely tough, but the, these times he will grow from this, and um, yeah, it will only make him tougher. All right, Dan. Well, thanks heaps for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, sorry, it's probably gone a bit longer than we we originally planned, but yeah, good luck with all post career ambitions that you have, and hopefully we get to chat again. Yeah, soon. thanks, Oz. No worries, boys.